You're listening to Reach, a podcast created for professional bloggers to help you expand your reach and maximize your bottom line. I'm your host, Val Geisler, fellow blogger and marketer at ConvertKit. Trying out different tactics and techniques to grow a successful business can, at times, feel like throwing spaghetti at the wall. You just never know what's going to stick. Finding a proven system can feel like finding a needle in a haystack, and you may find yourself scrambling for focus, an audience, and most importantly, revenue. That's why today we're talking to Josh and Jill Stanton. Josh and Jill are the co-founders of Screw the 9 to 5. They're a slice of the internet where they teach unsatisfied webpreneurs how to take their business to the next level and make more money without working more hours. In this conversation, Josh and Jill share the number one action they took to have a massive impact on their revenue, how they went from no plan at all to a keyed-in strategy that has simplified their lives and business, and what they learned from the SaaS model that they apply to their thriving blog today. Oh, and heads up, there is a tiny bit of adult language in this episode, so if you have children or other sensitive ears around, now's a good time to pop in some earbuds. If you find yourself feeling inspired by today's interview and want to impact your own reach right away, get your free action guide from this episode at convertkit.com slash reach, or just click the link in your podcast player. Let's find out how Josh and Jill Stanton achieved their reach. Hey, Josh and Jill, thanks for being here on the show. Thanks so much for having us. We're pumped. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to talk about this stuff. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a huge part of what you teach at Screw the 9 to 5, um, you know, talking about growing your business and and your blog and having a, a big reach and a big impact. But can you tell us in, in your own words um, a little bit more about Screw the 9 to 5 and what it means to you and where you got started with the community and everything? So it's really just been a three and a half year process of figuring out what works and cutting what doesn't. So the community, I assume you mean our free Facebook group, that started back in April 2015, really just as a way of me to stop talking to myself (laughs) because I just felt like um, I was emailing our list consistently and all that, but I felt like I was talking at them and not to them. And I really wanted a way to connect with them on a deeper level and to actually figure out what they want versus sending, you know, just a plain old email with the, what are you struggling with question that I feel like most people are sick to death of. Um, so I opened up the free Facebook group. I didn't really know where the heck to start or what to expect with it, but it's just kind of exploded into a monster of a community that's super supportive and engaging, but we use it strategically as well. So we're always um, trying to figure out, you know, what people want, what they want to learn, what we can create, you know, what different sales funnels we could um, set up based on their questions that they're asking or any of their polls that they answer or any of my polls that they answer. And really that helped. I think the free Facebook group really was the biggest, um, shift in our business. Like that's really where things started to click. But because before that, for, you know, two years before that, it just felt like we were kind of moving through our business without 
real crystal clear clarity. And so, like I said, we were throwing things at the wall to see what stuck, see what resonated and cutting what didn't. It's just really been a process of trial and error and listening to people. I think that's been our biggest key is we've listened. What do people want? Where are they stuck? What questions are they asking? What words are they using? And how can we use all that to give them exactly what they want and need? Yeah, I think, you know, you said kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and so many bloggers feel that way, um, Mm -hmm. that just trying things. Um, Can you talk about the very beginning of Screw the 9 to 5 and what your intention was with the blog and and the site in the first place? Yeah. So we had the idea for Screw the 9 to 5 while we were in Costa Rica for our wedding. And we just, we had been running an affiliate marketing business for about a year before that. And we started getting questions mostly from our friends and family being like, do you guys even work? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Cause they just didn't get it. Right. Just like, I'm sure so many of us listening have experienced the same thing. Yeah. And so we we were kind of tossing around an idea of creating a site that would explain it all, but we didn't really know where to start or who to focus on. And we never thought to ourselves, well, hmm, maybe we should have a plan. We just, we kind of thought, oh, well, we'll talk about working with your partner and living overseas because at the time we were living in Thailand. Um, and we'll talk about productivity and SEO and outsourcing and affiliate marketing and blogging and all the things. And there was no clear structure there. There was no direction. And so for the first year that we had this group from pretty much April 2013 when we started it till the end of 2013, we just kind of winged it. Like we were talking about whatever came to mind. There was no clear structure or strategy there. And it was really when we (laughs) tried to create and launch our first ever digital program with like no list and no insight as to what people wanted. And it failed horribly that we finally had that like coveted aha moment where we're like, oh, maybe we should focus on stuff we know and what people actually want to learn. And ever since then, we've really tried to create content with a purpose, with a strategy behind it, something that would always lead to one of our offers. And so that was a huge aha and a pivotal moment with the screw. And so that's where it became like, where it transitioned from a directionless website that had, you know, our messaging was all over the map, wasn't really clear on what we were doing to now what it is, which is very purposeful, focused on clear cut strategies, no BS and just no, um, we always talk about, we teach the how and, and not always just the what. So that's been a, a big part of transitioning the screw into something that's more, like I said, strategic and purposeful. You definitely have one of the most, um, interesting and exciting names for a blog, um, <laughs> screw the nine to five.com. Um, and so it, it often, I'm probably a lot of people ask you this. Did you have, you said you had the affiliate marketing job or, you know, blogs. Um, mm-hmm. did you, did you have nine to fives, both of you? <laughs> um, like I was a bartender, so I had a 9 PM to 5 AM. <laughs> <laughs> I had a different kind of nine to five. Yeah. I mean, but- I'm a, I'm a theater kid at heart and worked in events and things. I never really had a traditional nine to five. Right. But, yeah. um, that, that definitely is a, a segment of the world who have a nine to five and oh, are sure. looking for something else. Um, Same. Actually, um, yeah, so neither of us like really were like deep in a nine to five. But what we like, Jill kind of didn't didn't mention this. But what, the reason why we sort of started Screw the Nine to Five was because we were 
as you said, we were doing all this stuff with affiliate marketing. We're living overseas and, and making money online. And so like a lot of our friends and family who were in nine to fives uh, kept asking us like, wait, I don't understand. So you, you're in Thailand and you're making money and I'm in this soul sucking nine to five and I want out. Like, how do you do that? And so people would always ask us questions and we're like, damn, we're wasting so much time just like trying to explain one-on-one to all these people how we can do all this stuff. We're like, why don't we just start a website and we can just direct them there? So that's what we did. We started screwthe9to5.com off the back of that idea of being like, okay, there's a lot of people in their 9to5s who keep asking us questions how to get out of their 9to5. So let's start a website called Screw the 9to5 and we'll just start um, you know, blogging about exactly how we do what we do. And uh, it, it kind of just evolved from that point on. It's nice to see the evolution over time going into something that's, like you said, Jill, more of a crystal clear structure and that there's strategy, strategy behind it now. Um, because you did have several different topics and things that you talked about at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but it's more focused and uh, strategic with what you talk about now, is there a section of the blog that you had to leave behind or that you chose to leave behind um, and not really talk about anymore in order to make that, to get to that clarity point? Well, yeah, a few things. So back in 2013, when we were just kind of creating all the content we could possibly create just to get our names out there, we had, we tried at least for a whole, I don't know, three weeks, um, a series called The Daily Screw. And it was just Josh and I essentially taking turns and writing a post about kind of what we were doing that day, what was going on in our business, kind of the things we were feeling, the stuff going through our heads. So the minute we realized we needed a bit more um, direction, we cut that. And then uh, additionally, at probably mid last year, we cut all things to do with affiliate marketing. So we don't really talk about that anymore. It's not something we want to focus on. We haven't worked in with our affiliate sites in years, so we didn't really feel comfortable giving strategies and all that kind of stuff. So we really heavily nixed that and really made a um, sharp turn to just focusing on all things personal branding. It's great to see in a world of blogs, um, especially in business blogs, um, you can end up covering all these different areas. So it's nice to see, uh, you know, a clear focus. Um, can you, I know you have several products and, um, well, you, you used to have several products and now it's the membership site. Obviously there was a shift there too. And it sounds like it's just another form of that getting clarity and, um, and like you said, listening and going back and saying, okay, how can we make this more simple? What do we need to let go? Um, you want to share a little bit about what it's like to create a product for the first time, going from being affiliate marketers to running a blog and just con- you know sharing your your words there um, to creating a product for the first time and how that's evolved over time. Yeah, I think um, initially when we first started, and I, I think a lot of bloggers make this mistake is uh, they start creating content or start creating products based around what they think they would want as opposed to what their actual uh, readership or their audience would want. And so um, we kind of made that mistake at the beginning. You know, we created a a course um, about a subject that we thought was really important um, for us and and growing our business, essentially like growing a a blog basically. And uh, 
turns out we didn't because we didn't ask people what they wanted specifically we ended up spending you know three three or four months creating this product and um we put it out there we only had a small email list of like 500 people uh but it didn't go very well. We didn't sell that many. And uh, so... We, we sold is, zero. Is that the one that you said failed horribly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so we kind of like at that point, we took a look at things. We're like, okay, maybe in the future we shouldn't spend three or four months creating a product um, before we decide to sell it. And so we started looking mm-hmm. into ways of maybe uh, solving that problem. And, and probably, I think one of the best ways of... Uh, initially determining if a product's going to sell is to pre-sell um, that product, especially with, with digital products too, because you don't have to actually create anything to, to uh, you know, send to people. You just have to give them the idea of what it is that you want to create. Um, if you can outline what that product looks like uh, before you go ahead and start, you know, recording videos and, and creating documents and all that kind of stuff, then uh, as soon as you do pre-sell it and you see you get a pretty good response rate from it, then you can go ahead and start creating and launching it. So that was a pretty big lesson for us to learn as far as creating a product goes. Have you done that now or did you do that when you launched the membership site as well, pre-selling? Uh, we didn't. So initially, Screw You started off as a digital course. And so we did pre-sell that. Yes, like we pre-sold that to determine if people wanted it. And we mm-hmm. got a pretty good response rate out of it. Not an, not an incredible response rate, but we only had a small list. And so what we saw uh, was positive enough for us to move forward in, in actually creating that product. Uh, Screw You eventually transitioned into a membership site model, uh, more so based around the idea that we believe that model is both better for our business and also better for our customers. So um, that kind of came later. So talk to me a little bit more about why you moved into membership and you, you know, why it's better for your customers and for your business. There's um, membership sites are pretty controversial um, right now. Are they? Yeah. Why are they controversial? <laughs> You're like, really? <laughs> it's working great for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, um, there's a lot of conversation around, um, you know, do they work? What's the ROI mm. on them um, yeah. long term? And as far as keeping people, um, it's churn is the big issue, yeah. right? Churn in a membership site versus continuing, continually launching products and being able to anticipate, okay, I'll have, you know, this launch here and kind of quarterly launching or, you know, twice a year mm-hmm. launching and knowing you'll have a big chunk of revenue versus a long, longer term game with um with membership sites and being concerned with churn so yeah yeah i think for us well truly for us it all came down to we don't love launch mode like we were living in that before we had screw you we had a program called lifestyle affiliate which we also pre-sold and then we were selling week to week on webinars and then once we launched screw you we also went into selling that week to week on webinars and it just it doesn't vibe with us. Like we really didn't enjoy the process. I will say on our last launch addicted, which just rolled out like two months ago, that was a much better process. Cause I feel as though because we had this membership site, we got to learn so much about our members and what they want to learn about Facebook ads that we could then put into that product and the messaging and the marketing around it. Plus here's another thing we already had the revenue coming in like month to month. We're not starting over from square one, which was a huge reason we, we went away from digital products and launching to a membership site because for us, it was so stressful 
every month to be like, okay, last month we did 10K. How can we hit 15? Or mm-hmm. last month we did 20. How can we hit 25? Like that to us constantly having to beat last month's numbers was such a huge source of stress for us. We just wanted to nix that so we could enjoy our business again. So us having that baseline revenue allows us to be able to invest in our team better. It allows us to be able to give our members more. It allows us to create a predictable business where that revenue is actually predictable for us because we know our numbers so well and our churn rate. And I think it's really a key, especially when it comes to churn, it's really a key of identifying what your members need and catering to that so that they show up week to week. Because for us, we have, Josh has this whole um, thing called the four pillars, but he believes, or we believe um, every week you have you should have something in your membership that brings them back in. So, if you're a content based membership, you kind of have to figure out what that looks like for you and your members. But for us, we're a discussion and community based membership. We have a forum, you know. So we have all of our courses, yes, and we have our live calls, but we also have a heavy, heavy emphasis on discussion and community and support and helping each other out. So I think that helps us with. Um, retention because a lot of people don't want to lose that support network. I, I mean, do you have, can you think of anything else? I think, I don't know. I'm rambling now. <laughs> no, no, it's Josh, good because Josh it, step in. but you know, there is the, the question that comes up and, and maybe you've even been asked this question, like, well, there's, you have the free Facebook group and mm-hmm. there's thousands of free Facebook groups and different free forums we can go to reddit subreddits and um quora and all these different places where we can have free communities so why does someone choose to pay for a community and when they have the option for free even within your own business um there's there's a few different reasons why um the first one is accountability so um like i've sort of questioned this as well i'm like why are people like some people pay um, you know, month to month for some memberships and they don't actually use it. And I'm like, why are they spending money on that? And and really, I think it's kind of like an accountability thing. It's sort of like if someone pays for a gym membership, um, even though they're not like really into going to the gym, they don't use it four times a day or whatever. Um, in their mind, they're like, at least I'm like holding myself a little bit accountable because I've spent some money on that. I probably should go and work out at least a few times a week. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first, the first one. The second one is... Um, status as well so if someone joins screw you they immediately increase their status um in our community so there's you know people in the free community um and those which people has the, over five thousand members it's it has over sixteen thousand. So. Oh, <laughs> i read that number oh, wrong over sixteen thousand <laughs> members in the group yeah um yeah. So that's that's the second thing. The third thing is content. I, I think content is kind of important. Um, you want to make sure like you're providing better, like really high quality content in your membership. But then the last one, which I think is the most important thing, is community. And you know, there's the free the free group has certainly a strong sense of community, but it's nothing compared to the sense of community that we have inside of Screw You. Like people are, you know, joining little mini masterminds together. Uh, we're holding a live event at the end of the year. Like we, we focus a lot of our attention on uh, nurturing the community aspects of a membership site. And I think that to me is a big mistake or a big thing that a lot of people who are membership sites don't focus enough time and attention on. I think it's a huge mistake if you just focus on 
creating content for your members as opposed to forming a strong sense of community. So that's where the churn comes in is if all they're seeing is new content and it's not applicable to them and they have no other reason to stay. Yeah. I think the, uh, what we've heard is the industry standard for membership sites now is something like a 20, yeah, something like a 20% churn, which is totally ridiculous. I think like SaaS, SaaS industry, or in the SaaS industry that, that you guys are in, it's something like 2 or 3% yeah, is the average, it's certainly right? not 20. Yeah, so for us, for us, our churn rate is last month was 7.23%. So wow. it's certainly not um, in the SaaS sort of standards, uh, but you, you can create a really uh, high quality uh, recurring a business out of a membership site. Yeah. And I think also the thing that differentiates the free group from the paid group is yes, the free group is full of information. Absolutely. If you want to search it mm-hmm. and scroll through a huge ass newsfeed that is constantly updating because there's so many members there. Plus Josh, well, Josh doesn't go in the free Facebook group at all because it's not really his thing, but I never give detailed feedback in the free Facebook group, the way I do in, in the U like perfect example today. Um, one of our members, um, Tara is launching a membership site and she wanted someone to look at her sales page. So I just ripped it apart, built it back up and gave her copy tweaks and formatting tweaks and all this sort of stuff. I would never do that in the free Facebook group. Yeah. So that, um, level of support and guidance and advice, that's huge. That's a huge, um, determining factor for why I think people upgrade to screw you. And then obviously not having to search and scroll and look for all the right content. Instead, it's all right there. And we've kind of created a model that will guide you through. It's like kind of our roadmap to building your personal brand. And it just lists out all the things you have to do based on our experience, at least these kind of our theories and theses, um, on how to, you know, build momentum in your business get your brand out there, start making money and scale it. So there's no need to, you know, watch this webinar or listen to this podcast or read this article and figure out, oh my God, where should I be focusing my time and energy? Instead, we just give you a step-by-step blueprint on what to do and what not to do. And of course, like what emotions to expect and which courses to go into and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. One of the things that comes up a lot in regard to having a massive reach or, uh, you know, what you consider to be massive because, Truly, a massive reach is different to everyone, right? Absolutely. Um, but one of the things that does come up over and over again is that that word, that focus word. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beauty of the membership site, the the plus side of it, is is the ability to have that focus. Um, where you have one community, you're bouncing ideas off of one set of people, you're getting feedback from um, one kind of path to go along. Because as we all know, there are thousands and thousands of different paths you can take mm-hmm. and um, there's lots of there's a variety of courses free and otherwise you can watch all the youtube videos and read all the blogs and make a full-time job of just doing that before even setting out on the path exactly that's yeah. that's exactly what i mean you're going to get so overwhelmed you're going to wonder like well this person says to do this kind of webinar, but this person says to do this kind of webinar. And this person said I should do, uh, content every day. And this person says I should do once a week. You know, there's so much back and forth. It takes so much bandwidth that to even get any sort of answers, you're spending half your day Googling. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Josh mentioned the SAS model and, uh, 
it, it's interesting that a lot of the same principles apply to keeping churn low in a membership site and in a, in a SaaS business. And we have listeners who are in both um, camps of bloggers and also people who are starting software businesses and, and maybe somewhere in between. And really, churn is churn. And so whether it's through a membership site or on a software that you're building, um, you know, the those extra elements that you talk about, um, not just like, okay, you have your foundation, like, our foundation is email marketing, great, we have that. But if we didn't offer customer success, uh, and the ability to to reach out to us and, and get advice on your on your sequences, or even anything that you're having trouble with in within your within your account. Being able to interact with us as a team is a huge value add. Um, and, you know, our weekly workshops that are just a free part of the way that we run things and, and showing people what is possible. Um, it, all the different things that we do on top of the foundation, and that's exactly what you're saying, the membership sites that don't work or have those higher churn rates um, and eventually close because – Let's face it, there are a lot of membership sites, just like there are a lot of blogs that get mm-hmm. started, and six months later, they don't exist at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so those those come when you have the, the foundational pieces and nothing else. Mm. It's true. I, I think um, actually a lot of membership sites can learn from the, from the SaaS industry as well. Um, I don't think people pay close enough attention to their numbers, so they're not fully aware of like... They don't even understand like what their churn rate is, which is a huge mistake. Um, they also don't know how to figure out their average cost, uh, customer lifetime value as well, which is incredibly important because mm-hmm. that way you can figure out how much you can spend on marketing. Um, and, and, and the last thing, which I, I also think that a lot of people don't do, is they don't focus enough time on developing systems because uh, it really when you're running a membership site uh, all we're doing most of the time is we're developing systems for our staff to help us uh, manage the membership and reduce our time uh, and make it more efficient so we can focus more attention on actually growing it so that's i think is a, a big mistake that a lot of people make is they think that they don't need systems they just need to have a membership site up and running and that's it but really a lot of our stuff has now been automated and And i think sorry no sorry jill i was just going to ask does that include on the customer experience side too so um having systems in place because i think a lot of people get like oh i have my systems i have my membership platform and i have Mm -hmm. my email marketing and i have those kind of front end systems but there's back-end systems too for customer experience mm-hmm, absolutely so we have like uh we have this thing called you cruise um inside of screw you and and what it is is we basically help people set up uh masterminds like small group localized masterminds cool. and so there's a lot of systems involved with that there's like the sign up yeah. process and then uh, we actually have ambassadors inside of screw you and uh they have access to certain information and then they have a system with uh message templates and stuff like that in order to put together these little masterminds. Um, And then we also have like a technical support person who actually sets up a private area for those ones when a new one's being created. Uh, And then we also have systems involved with, with sort of helping people manage their 
um, monthly calls as well within those masterminds. So that's just one area that we have a lot of systems in, uh, but it's not the only it's not the only area. Yeah, sure. the second would be just the community management side of things. So we have um, Heather, who's like our second in command, and she really helps to streamline or smooth out any you know little customer hiccups or experience hiccups or how to navigate the the forum itself. And then we also have another community manager, Naja, and she's there to, you know, help support people, answer questions, point them in the right direction, suggest certain courses or, or different member driven threads. Um, then we have like a whole notification system so that we, Josh and I can stay present in there without having to wade through, you know, heaps and heaps of notifications. So that's all systematized. It's just been a process of trying to identify where we can, make each process more efficient and uh, streamline our time and interactions so that everyone feels heard and seen and acknowledged. Because I think that's the key with membership sites, at least in my opinion, from what we've experienced is so many people focus on the stuff. Like I just asked in the free Facebook group the other day, cause I want to put together a series on membership sites um, to ultimately get people into our membership site. <laughs> <laughs> that's very meta. <laughs> um, um, I asked them, what are the biggest questions you have about membership sites? And a overwhelming majority of it was how much content do I have to create? Mm. And I think that is the missing piece because people will come for the stuff. Absolutely. You can reel them in with the stuff, but they will always stay for the community. Because That's- if you are not serving on that level, if you're not giving the support, if they don't feel seen or heard or important or acknowledged, why would they stay? It's just like yelling into an empty hallway. No one's there to answer you. No one's there to even acknowledge that you created a post. That sucks. That's a shitty experience, you know? So if you can have top-notch content that serves their needs, plus you have that community element and you, and you're kind of hitting things from all angles, what's, what's the reason to leave? It's so true. And it's like basic relationship advice, right? Like we forget that we're, there's people involved in this. 100%. Like you're not just an avatar in a forum, you know, that's a real person on the other side of the screen and they actually have real issues and pain points and problems and insecurities and objections and they deserve your time if, especially if they're paying for it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, since you're kind of on the systems bend right now, mm-hmm. um, earlier you, I think Josh mentioned that you wrote a ton of content to get yourselves out there um, when you first started the blog. Was there um, a system behind that? Did you, when you were writing the content, was it only for your blog or were you guest posting or what was the, the re- outreach plan with the content that you were writing? Uh, honestly, we didn't really have any outreach plan at yeah. the beginning. Uh, we were just creating content. I think a lot of people were in this same boat. Uh, so we sort of realized that we've been through certain stages um, that we can identify. And, and, and that stage we were in uh, was just like the hustle pretty much. So it was like just write as much content as you can. You know, guest, We were guest hosting a lot for sure. We were you know, doing guest interviews. We had a podcast. We were just doing as much as we could as far as content goes. Um, and then I think what happened is we discovered uh, paid traffic um, which, which sort of <laughs> the like holy grail, which sort of changed changed the game for us. So we started focusing more on uh, conversions. So uh, if we could create funnels based around certain topics, then um, we didn't really have to develop ways of like getting, um, you know, getting content out there using free methods as much. Uh, so what we're finding now is 
we're very strategic in how we create content. So everything is moving is about moving people towards screw you. Uh, but we understand that at any given point in time, someone isn't interested in learning everything. They're interested in learning one particular thing. So let's take the the example of membership sites. Someone like wants to create a membership site, and so we'll create uh, a free piece of content on our on our site, which we call like a read magnet. That's just what we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll drive paid traffic, usually from Facebook, directly to. Uh, that post and then we'll have a relevant lead magnet to get people opted in um, to to do with uh, membership sites and then off the back of that we actually uh, fracture our courses from inside of screw you and um, we look to sell uh, what we call an introductory offer off the back of the lead magnet and then if they take up that offer our then our next upgrade is to then say like, hey, look, you know, this is great information about membership sites, but it's not the only thing you need. So you also need to learn uh, email marketing. You need to learn. Um, you need to learn about sales funnels, sales funnels advertising, everything to do with online business. And so uh, we basically just try and tell people, look, if you want to, you know, learn faster, then there's this opportunity here. We screw you. And so that's like our upsell from there. And I think our biggest aha in that sense, when you asked like, what was our strategy before that? And Josh said, we didn't have one. <laughs> it was literally because, you know, you, you don't really know who to pay attention to online. And there's so many different ideas and theories coming at you that we got caught up in the whole create content just to create content, like get as much out there as you possibly can. And so we were just flying by the seat of our pants with no strategy behind it and no purpose behind it. We were just creating content for the sake of creating content to hit an editorial deadline. And when we finally got burnt out from that, which was at the end of last year, we realized, well, what is all of this doing? Like, are we able to measure the effect it's having on our business? And since we couldn't directly... um, attribute, you know, this blog post or that podcast episode to members joining. Yes, they might have had some collateral members joining through them, but there was no there was no reason behind it, no purpose. And so once we realized that, we really switched our approach again to, like Josh said, being super purposeful with our content. So now everything has a reason. All these topics are because or all these posts that we're writing are given to us or are inspired by members of either screw you or in the free Facebook group. I just pull people. I say, what do you want to learn about? We take the most popular one and we create a new funnel that leads them into screw you. And we just repeat this process. So I can mail it out to my list. I can put it in the Facebook group. We can drive free, uh, paid traffic to it. There's all different angles being hit, but it's not just, you know, Oh, what do I feel like talking about today? Uh, I think I feel like talking about mindset. And next week, I'm going to talk about building your website. And next week, I'm going to talk about getting interviews. Like, there's no structure there. You know what I mean? It's just like flying by the seat of your pants, being like, I think people would want to learn this. Instead, we've just gone directly to the source and asked them and then listened and done it. Yeah, there's, um, there's an interesting conversation around that as well. And it's it's so fun to hear your perspective on it because um, there's the the thought about well if I ask people and they give me a response and it's something I don't want to do 
then um, then there's an expectation, right? Like, or sure. if they choose the thing I least want to write about, or um, then am I setting an expectation for something I'll deliver that I just really don't want to deliver? How do you um, how do you well, ask yeah. in a way that um, that keeps you in the driver's seat? So what we do is uh, we have a, like a really strong Facebook group, right? Um, and all we'll do is we'll run a poll inside that group. We'll say, hey, guys, we're thinking about creating content um, in the future around this subject, this subject, this subject, this subject. So it might be like webinars or email marketing or membership sites. And so we say, what would you prefer to learn about most? And then it's really simple. Then a lot of people just go and vote. And then we just pick whatever the highest voted topic is. And then from there, we go out and start creating. We don't just create like posts, like free content on our site. We actually think really strategically about it. So we create a sales funnel. So the sales funnel is the lead magnet and then the introductory offer, which is normally like a mini course related to that subject. And then we create that free content uh, on our site. And that's like, the, that's like the entry point of our sales funnel is we drive people to free, free content. And if they like that content, they'll upgrade um, and get the lead magnet, the upgrade, get the introductory offer, and then hopefully they'll move into Screw You. So everything we do for now and all the content we do is all about uh, how is this going to drive revenue for our business as opposed to, um, I don't know, we didn't have any goal last time. It was just like <laughs> create content and see if we get more reach or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. How long did it take you to, to make this shift? I think a lot of people are, are scared to get more strategic, yeah. quite honestly, because they feel like they're going to lose their personality or they're going to um, have a segment of people who have followed them who decide they're no longer for them um, mm -hmm. because they have all this strategy and sales funnels built in. Um, it can feel a little bit scary, especially when it's something you haven't done for a while. So can you talk us through your transition and how long it took you to get there and, and if it was scary? I think, well, I, I was the one who brought up the canceling the podcast idea because honestly, it just became an issue where it just felt heavy. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. It felt like a chore. Again, it wasn't really noticeably moving the needle in our business. And if something feels heavy versus light, like that's a no brainer to me. I, we just cut it, you know, because we don't, you can design how your business looks and feels to you, right? And if something feels like a chore, why are you still doing it? It's going to take all the energy out of it. You're going to do lackluster work and it's not going to have the impact that you want to make. So for us, I think the conversation, well, in my head, <laughs> the conversation was about two months long, but when I finally said it to Josh, it was a matter of like 48 hours. Like, here's what I'm thinking. What do you feel about it? Let's sit on it slash have a glass of wine over it. And then we finally said, okay, are we doing this? Like, are we for real, for real going to cut the podcast? And the minute both of us were like, yep, that was it. Like we just planned out our final six episodes, shot our final, um, our final ever podcast and put the word out. And I think I totally get the fear around it because for about two months, I was just in my head over it. Like, what will this do to our business? Like who are we to think that we shouldn't do weekly content? Like, are we really at that point yet? And I realized that, well, A, there's so many people out there that want to learn this kind of stuff that if we choose to create content, you know, that's in this kind of model where it always leads into screw you, they're not going to know any different. If they're new to the screw, they've never listened to a podcast, right? So it was really only, it kind of came down to the fact of, we said, okay, Yes, our current audience loves the podcast, but are we just here to entertain people or are we here to help 
people and make money. And the minute we realized that, it was it was really a no brainer for us. Actually, um, with the podcast, we started transitioning more into strate- uh, creating strategic. Uh, content even with that so we started thinking like initially we were just coming up with ideas off the top of our head like five cool places to live in southeast asia while you work or whatever um and then Mm. we transitioned into actually like focusing on content that was actually going to lead people into screw you uh and, and so that we started that um i don't think people need to be afraid of like losing their personality or anything like that. If anything, they should be excited about actually mm-hmm. delivering content that people want. Um, so, I, you know, and, and unless you're like you're a really terrible writer, which I mean, if you are, then you probably shouldn't be a blogger, um, then <laughs> you're probably going to be able to produce some level of personality in your content anyway, even if you're focusing on more strategic topics. Yeah, and honestly, my biggest place that I try and, um, interject some personalities in my emails. Yeah. You know, yes, your, your posts or your podcasts or your videos or whatever, your live streams, whatever you're going to do. Yes. It's great if there's personality in there, but if you're speaking directly to people in the email and you have some personality, I think that makes a huge difference as well. For sure. Um, I, I blend a lot of personality into the emails that go out for convert kit and we get a great response for it. Exactly. Um, People are like people feel like they know me personally. <laughs> That's exactly the point. Yeah. So you've really expanded your reach in the three and a half years that you've been in business, um, in mm-hmm. in this form of business. And what is the the biggest thing that has impacted your reach overall um, and brought you? I mean, is it the Facebook group? Um, for me, it is. That's what I would. I think Josh would maybe say paid traffic, but to me, the biggest impact I've noticed in our business has come through the Facebook group from people joining just randomly to people joining through our sales funnels or, you know, people find your podcast from whatever, just different, all these different entry points. I've noticed a huge change in our business since we've had that free Facebook group. I would say uh, revenue wise, the Facebook group has been the most impactful, even more impactful than, than Facebook ads. Um, just because it's given us the opportunity to figure out exactly what topics to focus on. It's sort of like our market research channel. If we didn't have that in place, then I'm fairly certain our our revenue wouldn't be as high as what it is today. As far as reach goes, um, I I would for sure say Facebook ads. But the problem is we wouldn't have been able to do Facebook ads if we didn't have the Facebook group because that's actually provided us with the research we needed in order to create sales funnels that... um, that are actually like getting a return on those ads. So, um, so yeah, I mean, once we kind of, we, we needed both of those to kind of work together in order to expand our reach the way it's done this year. It's fascinating that you say that a, a free group is the biggest impact on your revenue. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because also you got to think a ton of my, our screw you members are in that group and randomly they'll just post the nicest things about screw you totally unprovoked (laughs) never mentioned by josh or i or suggested or any of our team they just post their experience with it or an aha they got out of it and that gets so much attention and reach just through their opinions of screw you that it makes other free members want to upgrade to the paid membership yeah and so you have a blog that supports all of this and is really that top of the funnel Mm-hmm. And people might search a topic and find the result through a Google search or someone has linked to a blog post of yours. What blog post on your site has the biggest reach? 
Um, I, it would have to be the one on sales funnels, actually, our sales funnel on sales funnels. <laughs> and the post <laughs> itself is called How to Create a Dangerously Effective Automated Sales Funnel. And it just literally walks people through how we structure our sales funnels. It's just pretty much a crazy long in-depth <laughs> how-to post on, on creating automated sales funnels. And that has, like I think, like close to 800 shares or something like that. But it's been a huge... Um, driver of traffic and sales and all the things really. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that the fact that you're providing information people are asking for and that you're going out and finding finding what they need and asking the really specific questions because I think where people get confused about, you know, listening versus asking questions is that sometimes the question is, what do you want me to write about? And yeah. those more open-ended questions just don't get responses the way a, a poll would of here's the four topics, oh, which totally. one do you want the most? Because people will always respond to, what do you want me to write about? And they will always respond with the most specific things that are currently <laughs> affecting their business. I, yeah. I know this because I did that by accident. <laughs> and someone was like, I would love to know how to paste my Google Analytics code in the blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? No. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, and I think you have to get strategic with how you ask your questions as well. Yeah. And a huge part of listening is knowing it's more of like observing than listening for an answer that you didn't expect. It's more of yeah. like observing the where everyone's moving um, with the answers that you've provided. Mm. I think a, a lot of people uh, have an issue to just based off uh, niching themselves down too far as well. And so mm. they, they don't have enough uh, enough topics to actually talk about. They just have like one topic to talk about. It would be like, it would be like uh, say like in the restaurant industry, um, you know, like a good niche and it's a fairly broad niche would be like the Italian food, right? But then it'd be niching down so far where it's like all you sell is just spaghetti bolognese. Um, yeah. and, and that's like the only thing you sell. And that's so, like your dream restaurant, and so like how, how much, yeah, yeah like that's how my much, dream restaurant. <laughs> how, how much can you like talk about just spaghetti bolognese? You know, like mm -hmm. you, there's, if you went a little bit broader and actually focused on more topics, then uh, you'd, you'd have a, a richer blog as well. And I think you would have also have a wider audience too. But still uh, under a specific umbrella. And, yeah. you know, there's that you do need a niche. Um, you're, yeah. you're clearly not teaching people how to run brick and mortar businesses or how to um, how to run a business uh, like a, a multinational corporation type of business. You're teaching mm. a specific business type, mm -hmm. um, but it's not so niche down that a lot of different types of business. Like you said, you probably have YouTubers and bloggers and mm. um, people who are just on Periscope and, you know, who are creating content in different ways and attract their audience in different ways mm -hmm. and end up providing different products to those audiences. But you're still the center of the, the, the learning that they're all doing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, the only, maybe the only type of online business owner we don't really recommend join screw would be like e-commerce store owners because they have like mm -hmm. a very different way that they run their businesses. It's more just kind of like send people to product listings and try and sell it. Um, whereas we talk more about like content marketing and, and growing an audience based around your brand. Yeah. I think you have to be a really specific type of e-commerce seller to, to get that and want to do it. Yeah. So what influenced you both the most when it came when when it comes to achieving the reach that you have today? 
Um, when you are studying what you're doing, or maybe you're still in that always learning mode. Um, but what, what has influenced you the most with that? So who, like maybe like who has influenced this? I yeah, guess. sure. Yeah. Um, I would say like, as far as like transitioning to like the continuity model with membership sites, sort of had two mentors there. One, uh, is Stu McLaren, who we actually did some yeah. coaching mm-hmm. with for a while. And, yeah. um, he yeah like he's he's obviously a big proponent of that model and then also uh, an australian marketer named james shramko i'm not sure if you heard of him yeah um, super yeah, fast james. business uh yeah. so yeah i listened to like a lot of his podcasts read a lot of his content and um I, I mean i was in the same boat initially i was like the membership site model looks terrible it looks like it's a lot of work and it, it looks like you can't really make that much money with it but then i started listening to him and he started talking about his model and I was like, he was saying how his churn rate was like 8% or something like that or, or like 7 or 8%. And I was like, damn, like you can actually make some pretty good money with that kind of churn or you can actually run a fairly good business with that kind of churn. And then he also mentioned that um, the membership site model was better for you as a business owner and better for the customer. And I think that was like a pretty big influencing factor for us moving down that direction. Joe, what would you say would be a big influence for you? Those were definitely the two I was going to mention. Was there any influence as far as like, um, uh, like content or reach or anything like that? Well, I, so James, we, um, interviewed him for our podcast. This was probably one of the best, most handiest interviews for our business, at least because afterwards I was like, do you mind if I ask you a question? I know you're busy. He's like, (laughs) I'm not busy. Ask me a question. I was like, wonderful. (laughs) And I just rattled off a whole bunch of questions on how to structure our membership. But he was the one who told us about, um, this model that Josh and I live and die by in our business. And it's called the octopus. And essentially it's sales funnels, but okay, wait, let me back up the octopus. Essentially think of the head of the octopus as your core offer for us. That's screw you. Then the tentacles are your sales funnels or your content channels or your social media channels that lead into screw you. So for us, our tentacles are all different sales funnels. So like the sales funnel on sales funnels, that would be a tentacle. Our sales funnel on Facebook groups, that would be a tentacle. Everything is leading into screw you. And we learned that from him as well. And I think that was a huge aha on our end. Not only did he have a fantastic membership model in how he structured it, and he was the one who told us about forums, but um, also the way that he structured these um, different channels to get into your into your membership. That was a huge aha for us. So really, it's been Stu and I, I call him Shrammy. I would never call him that to his face, but <laughs> Stu and Shrammy. Um, and then... Apart from that, I mean, we took a few things or learned a few things from Digital Marketer. I called Josh a disciple. Um, and then, and then uh, Russell Brunson and all things ClickFunnels. We are huge oh, users of ClickFunnels. Yeah. Um, and so just those four dudes really, really shaped our perspective on how, on how we structure our business. And then, I mean, I have girls that I follow online that I just love. Um, Amy Porterfield and how she teaches you know, and how she shows up in her business. And I love Denise Duffield Thomas and all those kind of women who are doing great things online, but for the structure itself, it's been those four dudes. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to have the the different influences too, because then you create your own blend instead of just, I know we said, like, you know, don't get distracted by all the different things and, mm-hmm. and ways to do things. But at the same time, once you know your path, it's nice to look at a few different examples um, in different areas. So, totally. you know, you don't run a business the way 
Amy does, but you like you said, the way that she shows up in her business and and shows up on her podcast and yeah, and the the things that she does there. And so I think, it's sorry, it's nice to look in in a few different places and and have all that come together to be your unique blend. Totally, I think you have to find who resonates with you and what business model resonates with you, and then you know go all in on that and just tweak and and test as necessary. Yeah. What do you guys want to do with the reach that you have? Continue to grow it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Double down on it. <laughs> um, for us, sorry. Um, for us, I feel like we, I never take it for granted because I know how hard of a struggle it was for us to get to this point. Um, I just want to keep nurturing it. You know, like we have a few things in our free Facebook group that cater to giving these people a platform so that they continue to show up every day and, you know, they support the community, but they also get something out of it to grow their business. And I think just nurturing that reach and really staying in connected to them and honest with them and open and transparent, to me, that's how you nurture your reach. Yeah, so we, we continue to learn. I, I think we continue to learn uh, more about our customers every single day. And, and, and one of the things that we've, we're starting to develop now is a, a new framework that we want to teach by. And it's sort of based off like a roadmap that most online business owners would follow. And um, this roadmap we're calling, uh, it's called Momentum Marketing. And so in this roadmap, which we're developing right now, uh, there's five stages. So like stage one, and this is really relevant for bloggers as well. So stage one is called the grind. And, and it's the grind because it's, when you first start out, you have no idea what you're doing. Like I remember back in the day, I'm like, what's a domain name? What's a name server? What's WordPress? All these things, right? Yeah. And so it feels like such a grind to even get going, to even get like the, the ball moving. So that's like the first stage is like the setup and the research sort of stage and, and, and validating your idea. Then the second stage is called the hustle, which is, I think we've talked about this quite a bit, is like guest blogging and creating content on a, on a regular schedule and just getting your name out there as much as possible until you've grown a, a fairly good sized audience of email subscribers and social followers. And then stage three is like the engine. So when you have an audience to be able to actually sell products to, it's time to start setting up this sales engine and we can use sales funnels, create a membership site, that kind of stuff. Stage four is the traffic. So we start using paid pay traffic to actually start um, you know, creating a, an even bigger spike in your revenue. And then stage five is like where you reach like that thought leader uh, stage, which we call the profit. And that's where you can really start doing some fun stuff with your business. And so we're developing, we want to develop this roadmap essentially so people can identify exactly where they're at in the stage so they don't have to think oh should i be doing webinars now should i be doing facebook ads right now if they're not in that stage then they shouldn't they don't have to worry about that so we're really trying to kill this this concept of shiny object syndrome that a lot of people talk about by saying look you are here right now you're in stage 2 that's okay that's fine. You're going to get to that point eventually, but just focus on this stuff here because if you don't focus on this stuff here and you focus on other things that aren't going to create an impact in your, in your momentum, then it's going to slow you down um, and we don't want that to happen. So that's our big sort of thing we want to focus on as far as our, our reach goes uh, and, our, and our audience goes in the future. It sounds like it's the, the purpose behind the blog and, and your what drives you every day is really just helping other people find the success and the reach that, that you've been able to, and that, you know, others have as well. Um, and, and to live the lifestyle that they, they want to, and not one that they feel forced to. 
Definitely. I mean, I remember when we were first starting out how much I just wish I wished people would just, you know, you always want people to just tell you exactly what to do. Um, and it can be hard to navigate everything. And so, you know, because people are talking about webinars or ads or whatever, if you're at step three and you're worrying about step 37, you're going to stress yourself out and create so many problems for yourself instead of just focusing on what's right in front of you and being methodical and kind of strategic with it all. Yeah, and you're just going to waste time in the journey. I mean, let's say it was an actual journey from point A to point B, but then you started like doing all these things that you weren't supposed to be doing on that road. And so you're taking all these side roads as you're going down and and it's just slowing down your your progress to getting to where you want to be in the future. So that's that's really what we want to solve. Yeah. And I think it it gets us away from saying, oh, well, this worked for us, so it's totally going to work for you. You know, it's not that blanket statement. It's like, this is the roadmap. Here are the bazillion tasks that are, that are, attributed to growing a business like this or this or this. And you have to kind of do the work, put in the effort and figure it out for yourself. But at least those tasks and those lessons and those, you know, courses are right then and there, right there for you. Well, inside screw you, but for our members. Well, and we have a a worksheet that'll go along with this episode that'll help people sort through some of those things as they start down the journey. Because like, you know, you know, from traveling, you have to know where your end point is, um, or at least the first couple of steps along the way before you can even mm-hmm. get going to the end point. Even if you don't know where that end destination is, you might know kind of where you want to go, but you don't know what hotel you're staying at or totally. <laughs> what city you're traveling to, but you know, okay, I have to get in my car and leave the driveway. So hopefully the worksheet will help people um, at least get in their car and leave their driveway. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I, I definitely yeah. will. It'll give them that roadmap. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for your time and for being here. I have pages of notes and I'm excited to share those with our listeners. And and thank you for bringing Screw the 9 to 5 to the world. Thank you for having us. It's yeah, been thanks such for having a fun us. Time. That was Josh and Jill Stanton of Screw the 9 to 5. You can find out more about Josh and Jill and Screw You, their business building members only program at screwthe9to5.com. Grab your free action guide from this episode to help you impact your own reach today. Head to convertkit.com slash reach, or simply click the link provided right in your podcast player. It's time to expand your reach. We're so glad you started here. Thanks for listening.